1: Hey guys, and welcome back to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. I am flying a little bit solo today... Because when we recorded this, Chase was in Tallahassee for a hunt, and this episode ran close to 11 o'clock at night, and we continued hunting, which was our main objective for the weekend, and we didn't record any intros, so it is now 5 o'clock in the morning. I am trying not to wake up my wife, and I am recording this intro for you. This week, we've got an episode featuring Adam and John of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast, and if you haven't found them yet, you need to go find their their podcast, they, because they really produce a, an awesome podcast with with that <laughs> really makes you laugh. Laugh, and you learn a lot along the way and uh, adam brands himself as the world's worst bow hunter and it's probably true uh but uh, he's a good friend of mine and we were glad to have him on the show he and john are an absolute riot but this one runs for almost two hours so i'm going to keep this extremely short and thank the people who make this podcast possible first thank you to tethered for being the title sponsor of this podcast if you haven't heard about the phantom yet go to www tetherednation.com and check out all the new information about the the tethered phantom that's that just came out at the ata show and all the awesome offerings that they've got coming i know they got some really cool stuff coming down the pipe so let them know that we sent you also huge huge shout out to our patreon subscribers we just gave away 300 dollars worth of knives and clothing in the last. quarterly giveaway. We've got some really cool stuff lined up for the spring as well, including a trophy ridge five pin react site. So if that excites your fancy, tis the springtime, tis the season to tinker, consider going over to patreon.com forward slash chasing tails outdoors. The link is in the show notes below and and consider subscribing and supporting this show. That money goes straight into YouTube costs, things like that. Uh, camera cost not youtube costs. sorry it's 5 a.m guys but uh consider consider subscribing so that uh, we can continue to grow and expand the show and do us all one big favor and tell one person about the chasing Tales outdoor podcast and with that guys enjoy the show all right, guys, we have we have spanned the globe for this podcast, uh, kind of in a bit of a facetious sense. There, Chase has traveled from the far corners of, of Florida to be here in person with me, and we have also reached out to our furthest f- furthest north friends in the podcasting realm that I believe that I've got. I've got Adam and John from the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast, gentlemen. What is the temperature right now in Michigan?
2: Uh, it's thirty three. Thirty three out today. So it feels warm. I mean, yeah, it's, actually, it's not bad. It's been a, it's been a real mild winter. No ice. Yeah, it's kind of sucking. Really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thirty three is only about ten degrees off from where we'll be tonight. So yeah, like I say, this is this is. I'll warm. take it.
3: It's it's not too bad.
1: Yeah. About a month ago, it was colder here than it was for my sister in Anchorage, Alaska, <laughs> which is nuts. So, if you don't think global warming's a thing, google it. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, you guys operate one of my favorite podcasts from the Midwestern area. I, I guess I guess you consider Michigan part of the Midwest, right?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah, but not typically uh, the
3: Midwest you think of, of like big buck state Midwest, but Midwest all the same. We're right. Like the bastard no, no, child no, of the Midwest. No. CWD yeah.
1: Midwest. <laughs> so why don't you guys give everybody a brief overview of who you are and kind of, how did you get into the outdoors? <laughs>
3: John's pointing at me. So you want, uh, <laughs> like, the, like how we got into the outdoors or how we got into yeah the...
1: Yeah. Who, who, who introduced you to the outdoors? I,
3: you know, so my, my family's been a uh, hunting family forever. I mean, my, my grandfather hunted Africa, Canada, um, we've he, he grew up in Michigan's Upper Peninsula and and grew up, you know, the the kind of youper way of life of deer camp and, and so everything was revolved around basically rifle hunting. And my dad, from from the time that there was compound bows, hunted with a compound bow, but I would never have classified him as a bow hunter. Um, I mean in the in the time you know in the in my early years from my youth to say I don't know when I started really bow hunting um which I would say would be like in my late teens early 20s he probably shot three or four deer with his bow I mean and that was no bucks I mean my I, I couldn't tell you um you know my dad shot a really nice buck in 1999 and then it's been a few little bucks here and there but I mean prior to that it was all those all the time um we are we have hunting property and at the time was the most deer dense um county dmu in in michigan so it was nothing to go up and see deer and just shoot them you know it was but there was never you know it was never about big bucks it was never about antlers it was just about you know the typical deer camp type stuff but i mean I joke around about it, but, I mean, when I was 8 years old, I got a fiberglass bow in my Easter basket. I got a, I got a BB gun when I was 8 and a shotgun when I was 10. And, you know, when I was 12, my birthday's in July. That's the legal age to bow hunt in Michigan at the time. And uh, I got a garage sale PSE, and it was hit a pie plate at 20 yards, and, and we're hunting. And I didn't kill a deer with my bow until I was 19. I shot at a lot of them, but
1: you know you didn't didn't have john back in the day to get that bow reel dialed in for you did you (laughs) well that's
3: come even more recently i didn't have frank (laughs) to tell me you know
1: maybe you just got to get
3: a few under your belt you know because at that time you know my father-in-law frank john's uncle um you know and they, they john when he gets into it like they grew up in the somewhat around the industry a little bit but um you know they only killed bucks they didn't shoot does and you know, so I was Mr. Oh yeah, well I'll follow along. I won't shoot any does. And man, did I mess up even more times than I had. You know, because I was now I was getting <laughs> on deer. And I was just doing it poorly. But I was I wasn't hunting bait, and I was hunting. You know, I was hunting with Frank, and I I took for granted a lot of the, the things we did, which I thought were trivial. You know, after every hunt, we'd drive around and look for tracks on the two tracks, and we'd get out and we'd scout and we'd walk around and look for sign, and we never went back to any of those places, but. You know, like I say, I, I took all that for granted. Um, but long story short, I messed up on a plenty plenty of deer. And uh, finally, Frank's like, maybe you should just shoot some does. Maybe you need to get a couple under your belt here before, uh, you know, you start really focusing on waiting for a buck, you know. And uh, from then on, I'd just been, been shooting deer. And I got a couple good ones here and there, but still nothing. I mean, I, I'm not consistent and uh, you know our podcast is based upon uh, me being the world's worst bow hunter and John <laughs> being like the Einstein of of bows uh, for 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 redneck right. technology. Yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I mean uh, th- that's kind of like my uh, introduction to the the outdoors and hunting in a in a nutshell. I guess from the from the bow hunting side.
2: And yeah, I mean, and you know, I I grew up. I mean, from the time I can remember, my dad was hunting. For, I mean, like when when I was, you know, 6, eight, ten years old, I don't even remember my dad being around. He was gone because he was hunting all fall, you know, just deer camp. He'd go up to, you know, gun season, he'd be up in the UP up there. And then, you know, during bow season, he would be up, you know, north where we hunt now, Walla Hall, it's called. But, but so I, you know... There, we were just. My dad just passed away last month, and we were going through a bunch of pictures. And I actually sent some of uh, the pictures I found. It was me. I was probably like six or eight years old with a little bow in my hand up at camp with their pop up, and my uncle Frank sitting there, and and my dad. And so I was like, you know, it's kind of bring you know brought me back to the roots. But so I've been hunting. You know, as you know, as soon as I turned twelve, I. Had a bow in my hand. I started out with a little red fiberglass bow, and and then I remember my dad. There was it's kind of like the Christmas story. My dad's like, "Only shoot the bale, only shoot the bale." Well, <laughs> my dad wasn't home, and I had this old rubber football. It wasn't even one that you it would blow up. It was just a hard rubber football. And I'm like, I think I can hit that. And I shot that sucker and pinwheeled it, but it, the arrow bounced back and it hit me right in my right eye, right above my like, between my eyelid and my eyebrow and gave me a little snake bite. The knock, like, left a little snake bite. And I remember my mom jumping out of the window, running out, you know, oh, my God, (laughs) you put his eye out, you know. (laughs) After that, I never never shot anything but the bail. (laughs) But I started out, you know, it was like, I mean, kids nowadays are kind of, you know, they're kind of spoiled. I tell my son the same thing. I'm like, you know, when I started out, I shot a recurve and then I moved up to a, you know, a wheel bow, but I didn't have any sights. It was just a bare bow. You know, we had a flipper rest. And then when I got, you know, to the point where I could hit the bale all the time, then hit a paper plate, he's like, all right, we'll put a, you know, the old brass pin on there. So I had one pin and then. You know, still shooting finger tabs. Then finally, you know, once I got, you know, proficient with that, then I started shooting a release. Back then, we didn't even have caliper release. We used to shoot the old, were called a hot shot. And it was just like a little, they had a rope, like <laughs> piece of uh, nylon rope on there. and anyway, but so, yeah, I've been hunting ever since. I mean, just, you know, it's hard to hard to get away from it I mean there was a few years where you know I got four kids I started out young had my first my daughter when I was 19 so ended up going into I was like well I gotta grow up I guess and started working full-time trying to go to school and all that so hunting kind of took a back seat for a few years but but I got back into it so
1: there you go so what I'm hearing you say is you actually invented the Reinhardt target when you started shooting at that rubber ball, and uh, yeah. and Adam knew when he w- started this podcast that he needed a killer on the podcast, so that's why he's got you and Uncle Frank. Uh, well, uh, I mean, up until the <laughs> there's no judgment because I mean I've obviously got a killer in the room right here with me. I don't I don't do any of the heavy lifting for the podcast here either. So, <laughs> well, I mean,
3: I would say up until the the, the latest years, I mean. Frank's like a stone cold killer. Like, he can just walk into the woods. I, I was telling, like I said, I talked to um, another podcast guy last night, but um, my father-in-law can, like, walk into the woods. And Frank, he's the, so I'm just the um, moderator of our podcast. I'm the producer. You're right. John is the bow guy, the archery guy, the equipment guy. Frank's the comic relief <laughs> and, and, and he, you know, he can walk into the woods anywhere, read the sign and kill a year and a half old buck and be elated, like jumping jacks, six pack of beer right now, got it done. <laughs> thank God. Um, and it'll just, these last couple of years have been real rough. This year was really rough for him as far as, uh, killing deer. He didn't kill anything this year, but, um, you know the the the. You only get better by surrounding yourself by 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 great people. You know, Lord willing, yep. And and that's kind of like, you know, I feel like where I've uh, been placed. You know, I am married into this family, and it was like jackpot, right? <laughs> <laughs> into, into the outdoors, you know. So
2: it's it's just that's just kind of where where I'm aligned now. I'm trying to get Adam <laughs> to like fishing, but uh, that's kind of a. Kind of a sore spot. <laughs> <laughs> I did get. A, uh, we were talking to one of the guys a couple of weeks ago, and he, uh, you know, we normally in the spring we go over to Saginaw Bay and go walleye fishing. And, and uh, this guy's like, "Well, I go bow fishing." And Adam's like, "I'm in. You guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be over there, but I don't really like fishing anyway. So, yeah, so I'm like, I'll shoot fish all night, and you know, <laughs> well, you, guys, you, you guys can
3: fish, and I'll sleep during the day, and then we'll <laughs> we'll go shoot at night because.
1: Well, John, that means when you come down to Florida this year, you just you bring Adam, and he and I will go bow fishing over on the on the Gulf Coast, and uh, you can do your surfish, or you can come too. But you know, uh,
2: oh, I love bowfish. I grew up. Oh, there doing you that go. Too. Yeah, and that was. I mean, I I love all of it. I mean, you know, fishing, hunting, anything to do with bows. You know, fishing, uh, all of it. I mean, but you know, I'll be down there. I was just. I've been watching. A bunch of the uh, South Florida fishing channel, and all that stuff. We're out of fish. There. There's no, no fish left. Anybody
1: listening to this? There's no fish left in Florida. So just stay, stay wherever you are. You know, there's no point in even coming down.
2: Well, I already got my boat rented for the week and everything. So. Oh wow!
1: <laughs> yeah, he makes this. He makes a trip well, pretty much every year, right, John?
2: Yeah, uh, the last three years, yeah. Yeah, where's he I'm going? I'm right. going down to Marathon. Oh, Marathon, down the Keys, yeah. nice. Yeah. Real fishing. <laughs> so I got I I, rented, I got back this year. Last year, I just, you know, I rented a boat for a day, and I was like, that was just kind of a, it was actually a mistake. So I'm like, man, why didn't I do this? You know, why would I only rent it for one day? Right. So as soon as I got back, I started calling around, and I, I booked a 26-foot Boston whaler with twins on it for the whole week. So, <laughs> caught nice when are you coming down i'll be down there april 3rd through the okay 11th so now is that for are you, what do you is that for like the dolphin run or well it's my my kids spring break i'm okay bringing the kids with this year so nice you just whatever my, yeah so <laughs> yeah i'm sure there'll be some dolphin maybe hopefully a wahoo will be hanging out still yet but I, I, just, I went in.
1: ahead and added April 3rd to our calendar. <laughs> April 3rd to the
4: calendar. <laughs> <Cool>. Nice.
2: <laughs> we'll act surprised when we run into John. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking up to his Boston. We got, a, got a house rented right there. And <laughs> we, the could probably, and yeah. we, we could probably drive to Michigan faster than we can verify. <laughs> <Yeah, hell yeah. laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs>
1: I, I just I just can see like John walking down. He's all excited. He's going out to his boat, and he looks up, and there's me and you just sitting there with <laughs> coolers and everything. You ready, John? Let's go. <laughs> That's
2: right. Like, oh, yeah, let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm driving down too. I got so much gear I'm bringing. I'm like, Shh, I got to drive. You're kidding? <laughs> wow. No, I, I'm driving. I loved. I you know the last couple years I've flown down with my wife, but like when I go with the kids, I just drive.
1: How How Cause. old are the kids?
2: My, my youngest now is 16, so. Oh, okay. That's, okay, yeah, that's,
1: that's I was about to say, that's a oh, whole long, dang drive oh, for the little thing ones. is, <laughs> when the
2: kids were little, I, there was, my daughter, by the time she was 11 years old, she had been to Disney World 13 times, so. Holy crap. We'd come down at wow. least once a year, usually twice a year, we'd come down for, like, Christmas, and then we'd go down again for spring break, but, you know. Okay.
1: Nice.
2: Just love that drive. Okay, John,
1: so since you since you're so acquainted with with the different parts of Florida i had a friend of mine describe florida he's from west virginia and he described florida right now compared to where he was back home in a way i've never heard it said before and i'm curious if you agree he said that when he was down in florida he felt like west virginia in the winter time felt like you the the communist ussr And when he got here, it was like, you know, he had finally made it to America because everything we hear was green and bright and sunny. And back (laughs) home, everything looked dead and was cold and barren and no one was walking around.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's like that's one of the parts that's fun about driving down because you leave here and it's just, you know, usually it's snowy here. But then you just see the transition as you get farther south, farther south. Next thing you know, you know, you bust down into South Georgia and it's, you know green and then you hit florida and you're getting palm trees and it's just like i drive straight through and so it's just like yeah revives you <laughs> bust out the uh flip-flops and the oh tank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <In the laughs> top <laughs> tommy tommy bahamas baby yeah <laughs> I guess i've always had like a, i mean when i was a kid we i lived in florida i lived over in fort lauderdale for like oh, okay. three and a half years so lived in sunrise
1: nice so. Oh, that's right. I remember, you know, I feel like every year you remind me of that and I always somehow manage to misplace that one little piece because you, I, I think that makes you a Florida kid,
2: personally. I, I think
1: you're a Florida boy. You're a cracker. What <laughs> <laughs> <So>, a <Florida> cracker. <laughs> yeah. I loved it
2: down there. I mean, we every weekend we'd go out, you know, back then, you know, in early 80s, you know, I'm 45 now, so I lived in Sunrise, Florida, and and a little subdivision, and now it's like you look on the map, and where we used to go hang out in the Everglades, you know, and the canals and stuff, it's just all subdivisions now. But yep. my dad and I would go out there every weekend if he wasn't flying. We were out fishing and messing with alligators.
1: Mm. Your bow hunting passion would take a bit of a hit, though.
2: Yeah, it, it that down when we were down there. See, I was I think we moved down there when I was eight, and we were back in time to bow hunt. I was back just as I turned 12, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was kind of the <laughs> one of the reasonings, but I knew They'd my my dad would come there. back up and, and go, yeah, elk.
4: yeah, <laughs> they're just not quite as big,
1: <laughs> yeah, more predictable, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, what do you, what, in comparison, probably in that area, what do you think, Chase, like their rut would be in what, August, yeah, August, <laughs> <laughs> some late July, Early August, and, and it's not any cooler in August than it is in July. So it's 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 no. hundred degree temperature, bugs, snakes, oh yeah, well pythons now. Yeah, well, that's not much different than ours when we started yeah, That's September. true. That's true. Just minus the pythons, right? Right. Well, so we have a very diverse crowd of people. Uh, a lot of southern listeners, a uh, fair amount of Michiganders as well but for the southern listeners what does a what does a bow season look like for you guys we're going to keep it kind of bow only since uh, it's bow hunter chronicles but what does a bow season look like for you guys in like a an overview how would you break it apart uh, if you were telling somebody for the first time
3: well i mean so our rut is the typical midwest rut you know so um, halloween to our gun season opens November 15th. So our bow season goes from October 1st until November 14th. Our gun season is two weeks long. So it's November 15th to the 1st of December. Then December through the end of the year is bow season. But mixed in there is like some overlapping um, muzzleloader seasons. And then there's some late doe seasons. And then there's some private land antler lists and, and some other weird stuff. Um, but so we don't get the, the velvet buck stuff. Um, and the, the early season is it's generally, I mean, for what we would consider hot, but I mean, certainly it's, it's been in the seventies the and eighties and in October. Yeah. Mosquitoes, mosquitoes and, you know, humidity, you know, um, you guys being from Florida, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it sounds like, like January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so and and that is, you know, I guess I, I'm not a great bow hunter, so I mean I'm just telling you like the the seasons change in Michigan, but you know that's where you have a little bit of the summer pattern and bucks and bachelor groups and and stuff like that, but the pressure is so high um, that it kind of pushes these deer you know all over and, and you know that's where the, the the layman you know and and it's it's funny because you know everybody that you listen to podcast and this and you know you talk to the guys that are that are real killers and that, that are you know great bow hunters they say well there is no october lull there is no such thing as the deer go nocturnal i mean they still have to move um but the that's what you see in Michigan, and I would say that that's the the mindset is that these deer just disappear all of a sudden, you know, in the in the middle of October, and then, you know, and then in the rut, you know, it kind of all kicks off, and, and to be honest with you, for the last, I mean, last year, we were here for the rut, and I think, um, but maybe maybe the year before that, but we, we hunted the rut in, in, in Ohio for a few years. Um, and then this year we, I was in Missouri, um, for the, the peak rut, I guess. Um, and I, I would say that that is a lot of the more serious deer hunters in Michigan, um, or the guys that are frustrated go out of state.
2: Um, well, the last two years are, I mean, this year and last year, the weather was horrible. I mean, we, I remember I take that week go up with my son and and uh, I remember the second night it was just last year blue. I mean, it was freezing. I remember going out my tree stand was like froze to the tree, and my son was like, "I'm not even going out, Dad." And then this year, you know, <laughs> we had we had almost ten inches of snow, I think. Because uh, I was headed up, that's when I shot that doe that first night on my vacation up there. And then the weather was just shitty, just blowing. and. I mean, it's nice to have some snow on the ground, but when it's blowing and nasty and you can't sit in a tree, it makes it rough. And then, and then the late season, I mean,
3: this is the first uh, – the last couple of years I've hunted a little bit more um, during the late season. But this year I hunted – Quite a bit, and um, I was going to hunt right up to the end. I actually, we went on vacation for New Year's and went up further north, and I found some public and did a little bit of scouting. But like John said, the weather—that I mean—it was like 20 mile an hour winds and like sleet. I mean, and and to go out into public where you don't, you've never been there before, you just look at it on Onyx. I mean, it would have just been going out there to say that i was hunting i mean i wasn't hunting anything specific so um i i didn't do that but i hunted quite a bit like and i would say late season would be after gun season but more over like the time just leading up to and after christmas um and i saw a ton of deer i mean i I really did and i mean there's a video on our youtube my father-in-law missed a really nice buck i mean twice twice. <laughs> twice and uh i mean that it was it, it's hilarious because i mean i think you can hear it on the video that i'm i'm laughing really hard but i mean i was giggling like a schoolgirl. it was the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen and i couldn't help but laugh at him i mean it was it was just awful. Was, wasn't he laughing at himself though Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he turns. Around it wasn't and kicking the dog while he was down. He was having a good time with it too. <laughs>
1: no, but I mean, there was
3: nothing. Else. I mean, if you if you weren't laughing, you'd have been crying because it was just. <laughs> I would have so, been crying. Yes, <laughs> it was so easy. I mean, it was, and he missed the booner when he was in Nebraska this year. So, I oh mean, man, he, and he missed probably the state record turkey. And that's on our YouTube also. Um, and, and, I mean i He's got a shanks. Don't don't laugh at him because I missed one for me to John away and I can well, touch John. So well, he, hit he hit that one, but
1: I uh, just shot him through the wing. Well now hold on. I think I'm finding a common denominator. Uh when when he missed the turkey you were filming. When he missed the deer you were filming. What about the Nebraska deer? Were you filming then too?
3: Nope, nope. Oh no, dang no, it! No I filming, thought I had no, it figured nothing. out. <laughs> no, I wasn't filming when he missed the turkey. His, oh, his okay. partner in crime was filming that one. Okay, and, uh, I got you. But those two are uh, they're, they're comic
2: relief for sure. Grumpy old man. <laughs> that that that
3: turkey video that where he misses that turkey because they had the camera rolling the whole time. The dialogue, like <laughs> when I was editing it, I was like you know you don't want those really long interviews and all that stuff and, and the the turkey hunt that I when I miss there's lots of talking and stuff and so we got feedback saying this is what I do and I think I asked Walt like you know how can I improve this video but when Frank's on camera like in his ramblings and like his like this the way that he imparts humor and like this just a terrible situation i mean like he was giving me so much crap for shooting very quickly and he no no sooner drew back and the arrow was gone and he shot the turkey right through the fan. The turkey didn't even know what was going on. He steps over the decoy. He's so big, and his buddy's going, "Knock an arrow, get another arrow." And he, I mean, he's like, "Frank, what are you doing?" And he's, Frank, and then they're they're wait. arguing like little girls in this tent, you know, <laughs> rustling around looking for another arrow. Oh,
1: it's it's just hilarious. <laughs> Oh man! So I want to pick your brain because you 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 waded into dangerous waters and and you made a statement, and that is in October all your deer disappear. Your you bucks, th- your bucks. I, is, I is said that, a thing that you was subscribe a... to.
3: No, 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 no! I said that's the that's the common that's the... like idea.
1: Oh, okay, I missed that. I, yeah, I, I, I lost that part. I apologize. Yeah, okay. no,
3: and 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 so the further like start by doing this podcast. I mean, we've got to talk to like right so many. Uh, amazing, like white tail minds. I mean, hell, we've had you on the podcast twice.
1: Well, so I mean, <laughs> we're, we're obviously <laughs> that know, was both of up. my careers, guys. That was both <laughs> of my career kills, kills of all time, right there. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, i've I've
3: definitely learned so much more. And I mean, this year I shot a small buck on camera, um, but I was in position. You know, so many more racked bucks this year than than I ever have. And I think one of them was mid October, and John was at full draw on it on a piece of property that he hates, and it was a fucking debacle. I mean, <laughs> uh, getting in there, it was it was so bad. Um, and then it just go. You know, this buck just comes walking by with these does, and if we would have been set up correctly, uh, you know, he'd have killed them. And we just got winded. He just circled around us, but uh, they had no idea we were there. It was, it was it was cool. I mean, so I I don't subscribe to that, but I think that that's the common, the common thought. I mean, what, when you describe Michigan's whitetail bow season, I mean,
2: yeah, you did a good job. I mean, it's <laughs> this, you know, early season. If you can get something patterned, and you know, as long as the one thing to, up here we have. Uh, Like the youth hunt, which is usually a week or two. September 15th, Yeah, two weeks before. Two weeks before our opener. And a lot of guys use that to go out and have their kids kill a monster buck that's still in their summer pattern. You know, it's kind of a, I don't know, that's a whole other discussion, but it can be a sore spot for some people. (laughs) In this room. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Or, like, this year was the Liberty Hunt, or, no, it's last year, but... And I wasn't even paying attention. I'm out, and I'm, like, doing a little scouting in a different spot. And, and I'm walking around, and I have, like, some buckskin-colored pants and a camo shirt. And I'm out walking through this, like, canary grass, sweating my butt off. And I get into this thick stuff, and I'm like, I look over, and I'm like, holy, there's a dude sitting in a tree with a gun. You know, he's got orange. I'm like, it's... I, and I'm on public land, and I thought, and so that's the thing. I, and I made the statement on our podcast: know the dates, <laughs> know you know the rules, because I could have easily got shot. Because during this, and it was the liberty liberty hunt slash youth hunt, so it's anything goes: guns, public land, and any deer. So,
1: oh my god,
2: you know. So I'm walking around in this thick stuff, and it's like if they hear a noise, you know, and it just happened up here. This year, a guy shot like his brother and killed him because he heard a noise, you know. And it's like, man, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. And I ended up jumping a dandy buck out of a bed, you know, when I was (laughs) trying to cut across the stuff. (laughs) Someone else probably shot that. (laughs) Yeah, well, what happened was, I, I, when I seen the guy up in the tree, I'm, I'm I like stepped out and I'm kind of waving, trying to not look like a deer. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he like oh, he no sees deer. me and acknowledged me, and I take one step and all of a sudden I hear wow. He you know, well I kicked up a couple deer right before that, and one of them was a spike horn. And I end up talking to the guys when they got out to the road, and he's like, oh, I missed him. And I got a little excited and shot right in front of him. I'm like, well, I was trying to get out of there. I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know you guys were out there hunting. Maybe that's what
1: happened with you this morning. Maybe those people didn't realize the season was open. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Chase Chase had a lovely couple uh join him in the tree stand this morning. <laughs> about prime time, you know, about the <laughs> within the first hour of the hunt, they're just out walking around. Aimlessly. Well, they did have a gun. That's so true. And Blaze Orange. Yeah. Yeah. They were wearing yep. Blaze Orange. One of them had camo on, one of them didn't. They were just out roaming the land, I guess, <laughs> scouting for this weekend. I don't know.
2: <laughs> that's and then they, one of the they, things with public land, you know. Yeah. You just, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, well, that's a scarf the course. Yeah, you just got to <laughs>
0: laugh it off.
1: I take it too seriously. I'm the guy that calls Chase up uh, fussing. And, and Chase would be like, oh, well, I mean, it's public land. I mean, you know, it, you can't stop people from coming in there. So you can't really get away from people here either. The quote-unquote get away thing just doesn't quite right work in Florida.
0: Yeah, the way right. this place
1: is set up, it's like no. literally your longest walk might be, what, quarter
0: mile? Max. In the woods? Max, yeah. where
1: we're going in the morning is probably the longest walk we'll have yeah. In the entire state of Florida, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, from where you can park, I and mean, it's you can pretty maybe drive to everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it Florida believes heavily that you should be able to uh, wake up, dust off the bu- the bush latte cans off your chest, get in your truck at daybreak, fly to the woods, and and just walk out of the bed of your truck and just and, and, and hunt any axe, any any block of timber that you want to. Um, yeah, there's plenty of roads. Yeah, there really are. One year, we were turkey hunting, and I I hear a a gobbler. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a gobbler. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, brushing through this brush, and I'm a terrible, terrible turkey hunter. Like, absolutely terrible. And so I'm like, you should hunt with us. Huh? (laughs) I said you should hunt with us. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm funny as hell, so, you know, I I try and compensate, but... uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there, and, and I'm, I'm busting brush and busting brush, and a dude waves me off. And I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, well, I'll circle around him. This bl- this block of timber is literally a block. It is a perfect square of about 240 acres. So I'm like, I'll go around him, get to this spot. So I head north, and a dude waves me off. And I go, I'm like, well oh, crap. I'll just go east and go, like, the long way. Dude waves me off. I'm walking back towards my truck, and another dude's waving me off. Okay, I can't go anywhere. I can't even get to my truck. And when I leave, I walk out of this timber, and I get in my truck, and I drive around the perimeter of the, tru- the the this timber, and there are four trucks on all four sides of this block, and they're all all trying to hunt that one turkey in the middle. Right. I was like, oh, my God. This is like – that is the epitome of Florida access. I mean, every n- – no block of timber left unturned. I mean <laughs> – Well, I can
3: I – I might be able to do you one better than that. That's That's pretty good, but – I, I was hunting not far off of the road. Uh, well, I was off the road, off this this two track on this big long plowed field, and uh, in I, the spot that I hate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I called in a a I I shot my first my first big turkey there, I think, and um, I I called in a turkey for my dad in the same spot. I went there, brought my dad back the next year, and I called in a really nice turkey, but I couldn't get him to commit. And by the time he committed, we'd already moved. So he went to where we were, and we were just playing this game with him. Well, I told him, you know, when we had to go, my cousin was getting married that day, and I said, all right, well, I'm going to go back tomorrow, and I'm going to kill that turkey. Well, I set up the decoys. I set up everything, and I did not call that turkey in, but I called one in from, like, 800 yards away. And he came across all this open field, and I, I had a truck go by and back up, and go by, and I think they were trying to sneak in on us. And this turkey was like fully committed, and I probably messed up by continuing to call, because he was—he every time I call, he would stop and posture up, and, and, and he he, he would have just came. Um, but he got about eighty yards to me, uh, from me, and uh, he started acting all funny, and all of a sudden, boom! Somebody snuck in and I was videoing it and I got the other guy on camera rolling out of the you know he was on the field edge rolling back into the bushes and running off after he missed this <laughs> turkey right out in front of me. <laughs> and I was like I can't even believe it. You know, and I got out to my truck and he's parked right next to my truck and he's standing there like in the bushes. <laughs> and i said how far away was that turkey when you shot at him about 60 yards and he goes "Uh, somewhere around 50 i said that's what i thought and i just (laughs) got in my truck and took off (laughs) uh, (laughs)
4: that's (laughs) why i hate
2: that spot it's the the spot is a it's a you know it's like a state game area or whatever and it's like five thousand acres but it's in the middle of it's just like everybody goes there. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, there's a lot of turkeys. There's a lot of deer. And I hunted I've I hunted it, you know, it's probably 15, 15, maybe 20 years ago I hunted it pretty hard. But it would just, and I'd get on good deer and I'd start, you know, breaking it down. Then all of a sudden, you know, the rut would be coming up. And then all of a sudden you get these guys coming in and they'd come walking in at prime time with their stools and stuff, like or looking for their or to rebuild their gun blind because gun season's opening next week, you know, and it's like, come on. <laughs> well, last year on that same piece of property, I mean, and this is, this will give
3: you kind of like an example. I mean, and it's nothing against these guys; they were and they freaking had no idea what we did, but you know, Frank killed a. I think he killed a five point out there early in the season, and uh, we went out there. Uh, after we'd come home from the UP, and he missed a nice eight-point that morning, he should have killed him. Um, and I killed the biggest buck I've killed in Michigan, just like a just over a hundred-inch ten-point. And uh, we drug it, went back, got got our deer hauler. It was a mile and an eighth from from the truck. Went back and got it. And it, I mean, I shot the deer at ten o'clock. We got back to the truck about three thirty four o'clock. But as we were going through the woods, we seen this group of guys going out, and they never, they never saw us. They didn't know. I mean, they saw the truck there. But we got out there, and these guys mountain biked in from the road, which is to the parking spot is maybe a quarter of a mile. And they set up this tent camp, like not like a wall tent, just a bunch of like backpacking tents. And there was a giant bonfire in the parking lot. <laughs> and this was November... November 9th and that's what they were doing
1: and they uh, set up they set up a spike camp huh yeah for <laughs> <laughs> whatever
3: and I don't I mean I doubt they were going as far back as we went I, I don't know what they were doing but you know they were having fun <laughs> they were utilizing public land but that's yeah. the
2: property that
3: you know that John hates I mean well, you know here's the, the thing is I mean
2: I would rather put my time in elsewhere where I have uh, less opportunity to run into people like that because it's just overrun with people than to go out there and have get the your opp- hopes up yeah, you know, you know <laughs> have just get screwed over by you know, at prime time or, you know, whatever it is and but I mean Adam's killed a deer out there, you know, or killed several deer out there and Frank kills miss kills him or misses him or whatever but <laughs> Got it's just a lot of people
1: yeah we well, there's a property nearby i won't name you know exactly which one i'm talking about that's almost the exact same thing and it's it's this proximity is way too close to tallahassee which is a you know it's a college town right so there's a bunch of bunch of kids from south florida and all over the place that want to hunt and it, it's like 30 minutes from the from the college so it's one of those things where it's it's, it's about five thousand acres i'd say and it's I put a whole bunch of time into this place uh, this past summer, and it just went to crap, like, the first two weeks of the season. I've never had so many people walking in on me, getting pissy, like, oh, this is my spot. Did you see all the, blo- the, the 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 nine miles of flagging tape that I had up? It's like, yeah, no, I saw all of that. You know, it wasn't here a week ago, but you decided to walk all up in here, and it just, it, it, it's, it's discouraging, you know?
3: I take it down. <laughs> I do, too.
1: I do, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll just go ahead and tell you, if you live in Leon, Gadsden, Liberty County, and your flag and tape went missing, it's probably me. I'm just going to go ahead and be honest with you.
2: <laughs> I'm going to put the trail eyes uh, to a different tree. <laughs> <laughs> did I tell you I yeah. did that? <laughs>
1: John, I, put, I, I got so pissed with this one dude, he kept trying to beat me to my spot, but he could never get up early enough to do it. So, he would try, and with this like dim green light, he would try and like circle around me in the swamp to get to where he wanted to be. And so he had all these bright eyes and that's where that little dim light was coming in. He was trying to use the bright eyes to get to where he's going. I got so pissed because it's like, dude, just get up on time, get in the spot. You know, if he had been such a dick the first time that I had an encounter with him. I would have, like, helped, like, team up. Like, hey, you go this way, I go this way. Oh, you really want the spot? Okay, cool. But he was a dick, so on principle, I couldn't back down either, you know, of course. And so I went and took his bright eyes and made one big oval. And that dude walked in a circle, I shit you not, for, like, 30 minutes one morning. And then he just cussed and just threw out every cuss word, every – Every damn nation you've ever heard, and he just stumbled right through that swamp, got in his truck, and spun out and left, and never, <laughs> never came back to that spot. But I was—it was so hard to stifle my my laughter as he just kept making this big, this big oval man. It was,
2: oh, it was something. That that kind of sounds like uh, Adam, uh, Adam, my hunt. This uh, <laughs> the one he was talking about. Where he's like. Where we, you know I'm gonna film for you let's go hunt in the morning let's go hunt you know I'm like all right whatever we'll go there so I'm like you got a spot picked out so for some reason I don't know what the hell because
3: had... I didn't I didn't upgrade my onyx before because I didn't know if we if I was gonna go to Missouri because technically I didn't have the time off from work so I didn't at that point I had not upgraded my onyx but I was scouting missouri using frank's onyx and so i had frank's onyx on my phone and then when we got out there there's no service and so i couldn't even switch back to mine
2: so i'm following the like frank's path and i'm like well first of all we get out we get to the parking lot and there's another guy there and so well, I'm getting my stuff ready. Adam goes over and asks him. He's like, well, where are you heading? And he's like, well, down the two track. There's a, there's you know, a trail. Trail." And he was stopping quite a ways before
3: we, where we were going, and I knew where he was going. I just I misjudged how close it was going to be to where we were. I thought he was going to be way closer to where we were, so I'm like, all right, well, we'll just walk here and, and loop around. Well, we missed our turn, needless to say, and then – Got out into the middle of like the the essentially the bedding area. I'm I'm assuming where these deer (laughs) wanted to go. And this is a morning hunt, obviously. I
2: mean, it was it was well in the dark, and we were really early. and it was was nice and cool. By the time we finally stopped at a tree, I'm stripped down to just my basically just as pants, my pants. (laughs) I mean, I'm like at one point, I'm like, dude, just where do you want to go? because this is stupid (laughs) you know sweating i got you know 40 pounds of pack on trampsing through the brush that's you know (laughs) at one point we had to like crawl through that yeah like in the water (laughs) like where the hell are we going (laughs) and we got we were
3: within 150 200 yards of where where i wanted to be it just we just didn't take the correct pathway to get there and that's when he got you know he got drawn back on a on a decent Michigan buck a great buck for right there I mean and it almost happened in like the most ridiculous circumstances like (laughs) possible
2: so it wasn't it wasn't all bad and and like I say that to me so when we got done, we looked at the onyx. It looked almost like the ZZ tops. You know, like <laughs> we had the lightning bolt with a couple of whirly gigs in it. You know, and it's like it was, the thing is what reminded me of that hunt from what you were saying is the poor guy that you know we could see his light where he went out to his tree and he's probably thinking, what the hell are these clowns doing? Why, why are they going? Wait, now they're going over here. Wait what <laughs> you know it's like i told him like we're the clowns adam thanks you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh so john you have a pretty uh high opinion of of hunting with adam huh <laughs> it's always it's always fun yeah. Oh, yeah. you want to know
3: what like if you wouldn't if you wanted to like um put uh Uh, If you wanted to make a meme of John and I hunting, it would be me, like, all smiles and John giving me the side eye. It would be the little (laughs) side eye guy. Like, that's no kidding. Like, the first, I think one of the first times we ever hunted together, like, again, I missed a turkey, like, chip shot. Frank called in these jakes two or three times and John's running the camera and we had the GoPro on. It's like, I've got, I've posted the picture. I knew it, but John has his eyes are as big as the side. eye, like little cartoon thing. (laughs) And the lighted knock is, I mean, it's perfectly lasered in the blind. And John can't believe that the bow went off because I gave him no notice whatsoever. I didn't say, are <laughs> you on him? I didn't do that. And it was just like, was just then I shot, right <laughs> <laughs> I shot right over the top of this turkey. Like, what the <laughs> hell is that? And, you know, then, you know, John, we hunted our asses off uh, turkey hunting. I missed the turkey at three feet or, or however close it was. And then I'm running across the thing, and it just it, – it was absolutely perfectly drawn up and on a, on a whim, you know, we saw these birds, we were driving around looking for where we we're going to hunt. We went out by where John has property. We saw these turkeys cross the road and we looked on the onyx and it was like, Hey, that's public. Let's see if we can access that. And then right in the middle of this piece of, of public is this field like, Oh, and there's freaking Turkey tracks and deer tracks and strut marks and the whole thing. I mean, it was like, it was a no brainer. Like, and we've seen these turkeys at in the evening, so we knew they were going to be roosted nearby. Went there, and I whiffed them, you know. Then we hunt, hunt everywhere, everywhere, everywhere.
2: No. Well, the first morning. Oh, was that? the? First, oh, that was the second morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got there late. We, we get up there. You know, we get up. We drive all the way up. We stay at his cabin up in with Baldwin, and we find that spot the first night, and we're like, all right. And. Man, did we, we set the tent up. We set the tent, we set tent up. The tent we, got up the, we got out there late. Yeah. Well, we set the tent up that night. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, all right, we'll get up early. We'll get up here, you know. And, of course, Adam's uh, cabin up there is it, – it had a microwave. I think it was, like, one of the very first modeled microwaves ever made. <laughs> and Frank <laughs> finds it in the closet. <laughs> and he brought, like, these Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwiches – and literally took him like two hours to microwave everybody's sandwich. <laughs> I mean, so we show up late, and as we're walking up to, the, we're trying to sneak up the edge of the field. Sure enough, the birds are already on the field right yep, and there. They, they go running off. You know, following the script, but we're we're late. So then, yeah, we take off and start hunting other spots. And that's when yeah,
3: well, we go. We Frank calls his turkey in from like light years away. Like it was unbelievable like it I mean we thought we heard a gobble and we just kept moving further and further and we got right up to the edge of this private where they had like food plots and all this stuff and it was 500 yards the other side of that and he calls it all the way across John has uh, at this point said fuck this I'm oh. done with these guys <laughs> I'd lost He lost his glove and he's like I'm going back to look for my glove like you guys aren't you know this is I don't know what's going on he gives the camera to Frank's right-hand man, Ernie, and it was like Blair Witch on fast <laughs> forward. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> like this ah. this turkey ends up coming in. I get to full draw. It, instead of coming and, and cutting like on the edge of this brush, it went like around it. I tried to shoot through this brush, m- hit a tree, missed him. We got like one millisecond of turkey on camera, and then, like, the turkey jumping the arrow. And then the, the turkey – Frank calls
2: the turkey right over to him. Like, right – I mean – Well, you shot and hit the stump, didn't you? And then he gobbled when it yeah, hit the stump. Yeah, it hit right <laughs> past him. The turkey gobbled. and I that mean, he didn't far. care.
3: He was all jacked <laughs> up. And then the next morning I, I missed the one. Then I think that night, or maybe on the way home the next day – I got to full draw on these turkeys and John's like they were like 70 yards away. I thought they were going to cut the trail and I I mean we were just sitting in the wide open like and and they must have seen me move or something when I let down and then they they went around us but Frank had seen those turkeys on his way up on Friday night yeah. and called them right to us on Sunday and uh but I screwed that up and then w- when we went out for John Um, it, we, that was cool, huh? I mean, Frank, Frank, like this is, we took my, (laughs) so we took my brother who like my family did not grow up turkey hunting and, and, you know, John's family and my in-laws obviously did. Um, if Frank used to call at the expos and all that, he used to call for Rod Benson game calls and he actually called in the state record Turkey in like 1984, um, and he, him and his buddy shot it, and they flipped a coin to see who would tag it. And Frank lost. So you can go and look in the Michigan State record. and I think it's like 1984, <laughs> but the, that turkey it was from my father-in-law there. So we're driving around in the middle of nowhere in these, you know, John, my brother, and I. And my brother Drew is, I mean, he's 6'2", <laughs> 300 pounds easy, and the three of us are stuffed in this tent. I'm running the camera. We're farting and cussing and drinking coffee and dicking around. And the way that this is set up, Frank's behind us, calling behind this berm on the edge of this field. We call in, He calls in these, like, nine jakes, like, right to him. And then we can't see them, and they're not making any noise because there's other birds that are gobbling all over. Then all of a sudden, from my side of the tent, I'm like, John, there's – turkey's out there and he's like what john never saw him. my brother saw him and we're like the tent is shaking like we're just in there cutting <laughs> up and just you know because there's nothing going on we've pretty much just said this is a wash and uh then we just start driving around and frank's like oh, i used to hunt up here we used to call in turkeys john i used to call in turkeys with your dad up here if we no sooner get out of the truck walk 100 yards and turkeys are gobbling you know damn and uh he he called in what was
2: it? There was two 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 times and a hen,
3: yeah, I got them on on camera and and they they started coming in. They got into sixty yards, but there was no shot, but it was cool. and that was another. I mean, we were I mean, there was five of us, yeah, just out all spread out in this like little bottom. And these turkeys were basically coming on a string, and then that hen circled back around and and
2: and yeah, took them away. She called them off. She saved her life. So. <laughs> 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 One of them, anyway. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, but,
3: I mean, the whole crux of that is, like, you know, every time John hunts with me, he's like, seriously, dude? Like, like come on. And that, like, so when we went out elk hunting, that's why I felt so bad. is Because John was, like. Beautiful like,
1: segue. I was about to take us there.
3: <laughs> John, John was, like, so in tune with like elk and the elk nut, and I mean, he knew what these. El- I mean, it was like freaking ace venture, like when the dolphin says, Okay, okay, you got to say <laughs> 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 Like, John was like, The elk's saying this, like, we got to do this. And so, then when I was the caller, you know, because we just alternated, like, so the first day, um, the first elk that we got on was like on day five, and it was a stupid little spike, and he was what 70 yards, and mm-hmm. um, the wind shifted. Well, like, we, we, I mean, we were, like, freaking, like, kids in a candy store. John's like, I got this decoy, I'm going to put this out, we're going to call him. I'm going to run at him, because, like, you know, they say, like, you can't hunt them like white tail. they don't care if you move, and I'm freaking like, busting ass at this elk, you know, and I get behind this tree, and I was like, is that an, oh, shit, that is an elk, like, because I, I thought, there's no way,
2: you yeah, know. he bugled, and, and uh, <laughs> so I'm like, drop down in, get out in front, well, then, you know, neither one of us seen it, well, then all of a sudden, I seen Adam stop, and, well, he had got maybe a little too aggressive, and
4: <laughs> but, so then I
2: seen the elk out in front of him, and so I'm like, it's a yard sale. I've got my pack off. I'm trying to get the decoy, the pop up decoy, and I pop the decoy up, and I start like I'm calling. And I'm like walking because I'm up in the we're in a burn, and I'm up in all these tall ferns, so he couldn't see me, you know. So I pop that elk decoy up, and I'm like walking behind it, you know making noise and i i got his attention and it, and at that point i'm like well he's not you know he's seen adam but he didn't know what adam was adam hadn't made any you know he hadn't called or anything so well then just about that time when he was like getting ready to look like he might start moving again i felt the wind on my, my neck and then all of a sudden he it just whirled and was gone, whew, gone but, but so so
3: we alternated opportunities so that was my opportunity and we were freaking elated because our we had like you know it was us in a low density elk area with no elk hunting experience just out in the middle of Idaho in the middle of nowhere and so we wanted to hear an elk see an elk get an opportunity and like kind of like all three of those happened in one fell swoop, you know. So that day, um, we we kept on going and we we'd run out of water, actually, and we were looking for water and like on the map there was this one little like where it was like the head of the stream. Well it was like a seep. Like it was like wet moss. Like it was like a nothing. And we're like, what the hell? You know, and we were like seriously out of water, like in a bad way. And so then and we had like kind of committed to going down this thing and we were like in the like you know it's when you're out there it's not like you're just gonna make a nice little leisurely stroll down (laughs) to the water fountain like it was down you know
2: well yeah and we had to crawl back (laughs) up the other side
3: yeah it was it was like three points of contact not to fall back and so when we got up there it was like oh, well, 20 yards over here. Why don't we take this giant elk path that just loops right around? <laughs> and so then was it that night that we yeah, got into so, the one too? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, so we we went down one side, and I'm like, we're not going back up because there are some spots where, I mean, we're in this burn and all these deadfalls that you can't see from up above because they're buried underneath these big ferns. Well, when you get down in these ferns that are six foot tall in some spots and then you're, you're actually in, you know, matchsticks trying to crawl through it find this water when we finally decided, well, (laughs) we (laughs) actually, that water ain't worth it. Right. (laughs) So we were like, I'm not going back that way. We're going to go up this. It's a little steeper, but it's a lot shorter. So we just crawled up that other face when we got up there to the, like this big plateau. I'm like, Holy, it's a freaking, it's a cattle path basically. (laughs) So, but we left our packs and the rest of our stuff over on the other side. So we circled back around the rim there got our packs and then we came back up to the point where like it's kind of all came together up at the head. <laughs> yeah,
3: and we're we're standing there talking and I, I shot a grouse right there where we ended up sitting, so we get in this little thing and John's like, Well, we're just gonna cow call and so like now I'm the caller and so we're sitting there and I'm running the camera and 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 dinking around, you know. And, and I'm he's calling. Like, yeah, and, but we're just, like, cow calling. He's, like, going, you know, here, this way, this way. We're just, I mean, in, like I said, John is, like, in tune with these elk. I'm just messing around. Like, he makes some noises. I make some noises. Like, this is fun, right? <laughs> and he's, like, do you hear that? And I'm, like, I'm listening. And, like, Walter, you've been out there. I don't know how much bugling there was when you were out there, but, like, You bugle so much, and it's like you almost need to bugle like yourself with earplugs on because you you hear like these phantom bugles and noises. And so he's like, "Did you hear that?" And I'm listening for bugles, and he's like, "It sounds like a horse, like a hooves,
2: like Like maybe it was a grouse because I could just hear this drum, like, but this burn is like, it's like moon Moon dust. yeah. Yeah, it's like got this crust on it, and all of a sudden, so." I made a couple more uh, cow calls, and all of a sudden I, like, I heard again. It's like, <laughs> I look over at him like, "You hear it that time?" It's like, "No, I ain't hear nothing." And all of a sudden, like within a minute, all of a sudden I hear, <laughs> and I look back up behind us, and it's not even thirty five yards. it here's a freaking raghorn running, coming running in. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and but we're like. We set up in the worst freaking spot here. We set up yeah.
3: like we were whitetail hunting. We were like we were like surrounded by pines. His, like you pine couldn't shoot trees. out of it
2: if you wanted to. And so ended up, I'm like, all right. He ended up like coming like straight Went from past north. Us. Yeah, straight north. He came from the north, ran straight south, and it was like going out into this other opening of the burn. And so I'm like, all right. I circled out behind and got over to where that where he would be coming out at. And then all of a sudden, Adam like called from inside, and then he the the bowl never come out. I'm like I didn't hear it. I'm like what the heck? So I snuck back in, and I see Adam. He's like standing there, and he's like kind of shaking. He's got his bow, you know. Yeah, hey, he was right there on the other side
3: of the, the <laughs> he pines came back. Me. And so John's like, "All right, well, you just cut back." So I just followed like the path that John went, and I went over the edge. And I bugled, and then
2: well, he barked at us.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, he barked, and so I barked right back at
2: him, and then that I, was birth. I'm like, he, uh, well, what happened was, I look up, I'm like, Adam's standing there, I'm like, what's going on? He's like, he's right here, and then he barks at us, and I tell him I'm like, yeah, Adam, ra- rather than John just barking back at him, he's like, <laughs> I'm like, bark back at him. I didn't have my call. Oh. I took it. I took it out, put it back in my vinyl uh, harness. And so he's like, what? I'm like, do what he did. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I'm like, no. And so he barks at him. You know, I'm like, all right, drop over the hill and just start making noise and, you know, you know, calling and breaking branches and bugle. And so he drops over. Well, then that bull, just he just kept trotting back and forth like, like there was this row of jack pines, and he was using it like a fence row almost. Like, and he'd just go back and forth, back and forth, and all of a sudden... You know, and Adam's back there. He doesn't, he, he's down I can't below can't see anything.
3: The I can't hear anything. So I'm just like, what the hell? So I just keep, I mean, I'm just kind of taking it like turkey hunting. I just keep going further back and further back. Well, what's ended up happening is I'm going way down, like, where we were at that water. And I'm like, I don't really want to go all the way down there. So I'm down there messing around. And it was, I mean,
2: it was it, a long time. It was I mean, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And so, at that point, like, that bull, like, actually started coming down. Like, there was, like, a little bit of a a trail. Mm-hmm. Like where that's kinda of like where we had set up. And at that time all of a sudden Adam hadn't made any noise for a while. And all of a sudden I I see Adam's head part popping back up over the hill and I'm trying to wave him off like do go back. mix, you know and at that point that it was over. He But he popped his head out like he was gonna come yeah, down. Yeah. And he saw yeah. he saw us out there Acting like, clowns waving and stuff. But so then,
3: you know, now it's my turn. And, and now understand that this is not, like, right by the truck or whatever. We camp two miles from the truck, and this is five miles from our camp. So this is, like, as far away as you could be. So, like, the next morning we got up, like, we got up super early and we were going, and John was just, like, whooped. I mean, like, you know, My history, like, you know, I was in the Marines and, like, a pack and hiking in the dark and all that stuff and mountain air is, like, okay, it's, like, familiar to me. But we did 116 miles in eight days. Like, we, it was a lot of work, and if you've never done it before, you got, you know, Back issues, shit like that. Like it was a well.
2: That and Adam thinks he's marching up the hill every morning. It's like, dude, we're not in a we're not in a race. <laughs> <man." You know? laughs> and it was nice and cold in the morning. And by the first, before we got to the first bend in the in the old logging road, I'm peeled down to my t-shirt because I'm sweating. I'm sweating through my first hat already. <laughs> <I'm> like, dude, <laughs> we don't need to go this fast. But <laughs> well, so that, I mean, that morning was pretty rough, and. uh
3: so we're we get going and we come up to like our our next water spot and like we come right around there and we we'd been
2: kind of bugling our way out there and we had had some answers. Now, so we we've seen the the first the, the first was Wednesday. Wednesday we had the little the spike and then right after that is when I had the raghorn and then Thursday we went up there and we went up to other valley where we heard the Oh. And then the trees got blown down behind us. We thought we were going
3: to die. And then
2: Friday, we went back down to where we originally hunted. And then Saturday is when we went up. We went all the way back up to the end. And then we heard a bugle. We set up. Nothing. Then we got back on the trail, started walking back up. That's when we blew the whole herd of them. It was a bunch of cows and spikes. And then we got up. We finally ended up, we're like, well, at this point, I mean, they're blown out of that s- section. And which was actually a good thing because that first spike and that raghorn kind of hung us up. We never, we really, never
3: got to the spot we were going to.
2: Yeah, we had marked these spots up on the saddle, way up. You know, it was like another two miles past the end of that old logging road, and we never got there until Saturday. When we got up there, and as we were going, that's when we started. We heard this bugle cracked and, off down below, and, 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 it was,
3: and this is what I was getting at. So, like every time John's like. What the fuck is this guy doing? Like so like this was like a the weirdest, ugliest bugle that you've ever heard in your life. And I'm just like, Well, I don't know what's going on and and John's like analyzing it. Like it's a it's gotta be a hunter, it's down below us, it's Saturday, like well there's, there's a, a horse path down there, yeah. like it's gotta be guys on horses bugling up. But he's like, They're the dumbest elk hunters in the world because the thermals are, you know, uh, all
2: this stuff. So, we messed around with this. Elk. We sat there, ate lunch or a snack, yeah. and took our packs off, and it just ended up like bugle went down this valley, just walked off. Like, then about ten minutes later, all of a sudden, it come back. Like, well. Saddle up, we're gonna we're gonna give this one a shot, I guess. Well no
3: well this is what happened, is like we got done eating and we got all packed up. John takes his bugle tube over to this piece of deadfall and he says he turned to me and he said, I'm gonna bugle Yankee Doodle Dandy and if they Bugle back, it's definitely a hunter. <laughs> and he didn't even get the bugle tube up to his mouth and like a prehistoric dinosaur bugled. Like, we were like, that was not what we heard before, and that was 100% a real elk. <laughs> and so we were like, oh, my God, what do we do now? Because it was like nothing that we had heard. So I run up, and I get, like, into this. He's like, go up there, go up there, do this. I'm like, get it. see that green bush? Get in front of the bush, in front of it. And I'm, like, up to just about the top of my leather boots in water right there, and it smells like cattle. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is the spot, you know. And uh, it bugles, they bugle back and forth. And then there's that weird bugle and, like, all this stuff is happening. And then nothing. So John comes up there. He finally meets me. And he, like, goes around me. And he, I'm like, I'm like this has got to be that wall that we were trying to get to. And uh, he's like, no, come on to the other side of the green bush. The other side of the green bush is, like, the size of, like, a, oh, no. Volkswagen. <laughs> yeah. That's just, I mean.
0: mud froth
3: and it smells like a barnyard like when they say like when it'll smell elky like oh my god it was it was ridiculous and again we're just standing there like looking at each other and then it was like a roar and it was like oh my god that was within a hundred yards of where we're standing and we're standing in the wide open like we've been in timber the whole time and we're just standing in like the most beautiful like sun's beating down on a spot and this is what's happening and we're like he's like go down there well what he was talking about with those ferns it was like just go down that little slope there i go down there and these the freaking grass is over my head and like i'm there it's full of deadfall and i'm like you know i'm like in an obstacle course like over under over under mm. up on top you know i get up on top of this piece of deadfall and like the only way that i can describe it is that i was standing on like a cedar swing set you know you're eight feet six seven feet off the ground i'm leaned up against this tree and i look over and it's the biggest freaking elk that i've ever seen in my whole life and i can't judge elk you know like i i can't judge deer but i can tell you like it was really big um but this elk like the whale tail like the sixth point when he leaned back and bugled like it was touching his hind quarter like it was and wow. it was wide like really wide I mean my dad's killed some raghorn bulls and you know we, we, we've we seen elk racks before and this was like just humongous and I'm going holy shit yeah. like and, and John's like in the stump and it's like it's like the Tasmanian devil. He's got his bugle tube, and he's banging on stuff, and he's got sticks, and he's playing the drums, and he's bugling, and he's doing all this <laughs> stuff, and he's, you know, and I'm looking, I ran, I, and, and he thinks I'm going to shoot because I'm ranging this bull, and it's like 62 yards. I range the tree, he's 52. He's, he's 62. I, I, I You know, perfect day, flat ground, all that stuff. It's, it's, you know, I can make that shot, and the elk is a big... Animal, halfway between us is like two pieces of deadfall that makes like a one or two foot window, and I'm like I can't I can't do it, and I'm uh, not from where I'm standing and all this stuff, and what what ended up happening is like this deadfall was like a barrier. He was running up this ridge, but he couldn't without going through this deadfall, come over and whip the shit out of John. So. Mm-hmm. They're having this, like, Mexican standoff. They're just screaming at each other for, uh, I mean, how long?
2: I don't know. It was just, I was beat up, <laughs> bloody knuckles, like Adam was saying. <laughs> I got a dead branch, and I'm raking this tree, and I'm busting down the ferns, and I'm bugling, and, I mean, I'm covered with, you know, charcoal and black and gnarly. And I'm I'm, I'm looking up at John, and I'm going,
3: because this bull's coming up the ridge towards him, and I'm going, get your bow. And he thinks I'm saying it's a bull. Like, no oh, like, shit. I
2: know it's a bull. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: but then, like, so there was a cow. And in, in, so in John's infinite wisdom and his elk knowledge, and, and, and he's like, I knew that was a cow bugle. It sounded so weird. Like, it was like, so that cow was coming back towards us, and he circled around to get her. And... When he went past me and he was going up towards John, that cow kept on coming up, and she was a good bit closer, and I was going to smoke her. I mean, I was
4: <laughs> I was
3: tight-stringed, but she never came. And he, he circled back around and corralled her and took her up the ridge, and then we went back up and, and set up on the wallow. And then in our – well, so we gave them a bunch of time to get bedded. We, we knew where they were bedded. I mean, it turns yeah. out we were 100% right and where they were bedded and hindsight being what it is we probably should have just cow called like we
2: gave them a few hours to let them bed we played it I mean by the book like what either like slow playing it with the elk nut or like Corey and you know getting a little aggressive you get it they're going they're going somewhere so we had just we had started pulling his cow away at one point and that's why he got he came back and crowd her, and then he went up and put her to bed. And so they're back up in their bedding area. It's on the north-facing slope. And so we went, like I said, we went back to the wallow. And like We gave it a couple hours. We just sat there just in case something else might, you know, trickle through there. And like, we're going to sneak our way up over and when we get up about 150 yards, I'm going to bugle, and we'll just see if he answers, and, you know, maybe we can call him out of his bed. And so, you know, We'll get into what happened here in just a second. I'll let John tell
3: you. But So when we were at ATA last year, like, we seen Tyler Crockett. We were actually messaging back and forth on the in-reach, Tyler Crockett from Pure Elevation. One of our buddies was hunting with them um, a few hours up the road uh, in Idaho in the same area, So we, and they were hunting with the elk nut and everybody. So we were texting back and forth with them. Like back and forth. So when we saw Tyler at the ATA show, I was like, "Hey, man!" And it, he's a, a, the, probably like the nicest guy that you'll ever meet, but he has like the male version of resting bitch face, and he <laughs> is very <laughs> intimidating guy. I mean, would you say, John? I mean, probably not in the same words, but he's yeah. an intimidating looking dude. Like we saw him a bunch of times. And we're like, "Eh, I don't know if we want to talk to him." Yeah, he just looked. He looked like he was. He had. A, he was on a mission. Yeah. He had. He had. He had work to do so at the end of the show we ended up catching up with him because him and john are the same height and draw length and everything and they're at the hoyt booth and going back and forth with these bows and they ended up having to just trade back and forth because they want to shoot the same thing so i'm like, i i would have been remiss if i didn't say hey you know we were the guys on the other end of the inreach you know when you're doing that veterans hunt and uh he's like oh no kidding we told him our story and he said he would have done the exact same thing he's like you know you you never know they're they're animals but anyways we go in there and so we set up and John yes. bugles and. He bugled back. I mean, he was. We were less than 200 yards from him. I mean, he was exactly. Oh. We went right back there the next day uh, in hopes that they would be there. And, like, we found these giant rubs, these giant. I mean, we saw exactly
2: where they were bedded, like everything, like to a T. And it was like he had it. It was perfect up on the. I mean,. Like, as you come off the back side of his bedding area, it was just like down into the gnarliest stuff. Which actually, like on that Thursday, we had actually come in from the back side on the bottom of that and got cliffed out when we were trying to come up to that point because we actually heard, we him, heard him bugling down to us. But so we got up there and bugled, and he bugled back. and we, I'm like, oh man, it's on. And then got set up and nothing.
3: But, again, to my point, like, you know, we had a great hunt, and that was our that was our elk hunt. But, like I said, John denies it 100%. Now, I understand, like, if you're not comfortable with the shot, like, you can't take it. But, like, John could have made that shot. John would have made that, that, that shot on that big elk. And, it, it, I mean, so I feel bad. Like, I feel like I let him down just like every other time that I miss shit, you know. <laughs> And, John, John and that, have, you for,
1: have you forgiven Adam yet? Oh no, he, <laughs> and what I, uh,
3: on that he he's he's like, oh no, that's not a,
2: that's not a big deal, you know. No, I, I would have been more let down if he would have taken the shot without the confidence and either sure. wounded it or, or or hurt himself. He could, I mean, he was up in the air, standing on a freaking, you know, a deadfall. So, I mean, we're at that point. We're like nine miles back in off the away from the truck. So long limp. Right. <laughs>
0: but he was pissed
3: at me and he's still pissed at me because on the way back out it was the last day after we went and searched out that those beds on the last day. Um, there's about a hundred inch white buck bedded like fifty yards from us. It and was fifty four w-
2: yards from the trail. <laughs> and we're walking down and like there's a buck right there. We bedded down and, and it was nice. I had a tag, John didn't have a tag. Yeah, and I didn't have a tag and uh He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stock in. I'm like, all right, cool. Just get, you know, it dropped off this edge of this old logging road, and I'm like, all he had to do is get down like not even ten yards below the road, and there was like, you know, shooting lane. And so I got the camera, and I'm trying to hold this this little camera. I'm trying to zoom in, and I could, the what he's wearing Badlands, and that's that is some awesome camera because I couldn't even find him in the viewfinder. I'm like, I would like nice. look up, like where the hell is that where's he at oh there he <laughs> is you know and then i'm zoomed up and it's shaky and but so he starts stalking down and he keeps going and I'm, at one point i'm like i'm trying to get his attention i'm like Just get out of the way i'm gonna shoot him from right here i can make the <laughs> shot perfect like right through that it's like the toll archery challenge i'm like we shot this a dozen times up at boyd mountain exactly bedded down buck you know and uh he gets into, like, he's down to, like, 40 yards. And then you got down to, like, what, 35 I yards? Was th- I was
3: inside of 35. <laughs> I wanted to get to 25. I was like, and, uh, what? But I ended, up, <laughs> I ended up slipping. Is it like, a rake card you were using? <laughs> no. I, you know, <laughs> again, th- granted, like, it all's well and good. This is the last day we've done. You know, we didn't get back to the truck yet, so we're still 110 miles into the into the trip, and the last thing I want to do is wound this thing and then go traipsing through this nasty shit some more, trying to blood trail a little, uh, a, you know. I mean, I'd shoot them in Michigan, but I'd let them walk in Ohio or Missouri. You know, I mean, it was. But it was the last day,
2: I, I, and we hadn't shot anything <laughs> except for, <laughs> I shot a grouse and a couple trees shooting at the grouse. So, there's one
3: arrow. It's on Onyx. We, we got to bring some climbing sticks to go back and get it. But, um, but so, you know, yes, he has forgiven me for the elk, but obviously, I mean, as you can tell from the tone, he's not like, forgiven me so for this deer. When he gets down
2: there and he falls <laughs> off this branch, you know, this thing, that, and at that point, he was behind a tree, so that he couldn't see that the when he fell off, the buck was looking his way. And so... And, mm. you know, he ended up, like, taking one more step, and then he busted. I'm like, what the hell were you waiting for? Well, I was trying to get to 25. I'm like, what? <laughs> you could have shot him from, from right here.
1: <laughs> but. That's funny. Well, I yeah. think I think it, it's apparent to everyone uh, why you started Hunter Chronicles, because it, I there are too many of these stories that happen on a year-to-year basis, and I think kind of the gist of of what you were trying to do is is to share those experiences, and then also you know reach out to other people who had similar experiences. Am I correct?
3: Uh, to a degree, and I I really do. I think you know we can get into that or, or whatever, but you know I would be remiss if I didn't talk about like how this podcast started and, and what happened because so John and I. You know, it's not like we are like lifelong friends or anything like that. We just started shooting bows and hunting in Ohio a little bit together and however our schedules like lined up. But we would sit over here in this garage and talk until like two in the morning about podcasts and stuff like that. And at that time there weren't any podcasts that we really could relate that that related to us. You know, there was there was a bunch of stuff. But so in my social media networking I reached out to some people as far as like equipment stuff so I got a hold of Walt and he told me flat out don't start a hunting
4: podcast <laughs> uh, This
3: uh, it's no bullshit I said I said I'm a you know I I see that you run the and tails podcast like you know what's going on you know and he's like yeah I wouldn't do it it's like, true <laughs> well no shit huh yeah so and and you know I think a lot of people think that there's like um you know, there, there's there's definitely, um, you know, competition. There's a million hunting podcasts out there. Any idiot with an iPhone can, can do a podcast. Uh, but to keep one going and to do that uh, yeah. is, you know, it takes a, a bunch of commitment. And I mean, I feel like I dragged John along kicking and screaming with all of this stuff. But like <laughs> I said, I'd just be remiss if I wouldn't come on here and say, you know, Walter told me straight up, "Don't do it," <laughs> and I had to like convince him that my, you know, intentions were good, and I wasn't just some fly-by-night, you know, <laughs> trying to I jump on the bandwagon guy.
1: I think I even told you not to use your name, didn't I? Yep, he said, "Don't." Do <laughs> and, and, and to be
3: honest, like John wanted it to be the Angler Archer podcast, and that's one of the places where. You know, his dad painted the bows for angler archer, so it just kind of hits home to me like it's like a thing. But I don't like fishing, so it's like, what am I going to talk about?
1: Yeah. (laughs) right. Well, and just just to kind of clear the air a little bit here, I wasn't telling him not to do it because I thought he was like a fly-by-nighter. It happened such that you, you and I, you reached out to me not long after I started chasing tails. And right after I started chasing tails, there was this monstrous boom of hunting podcasts. And it was one of those things where everyone, you know, you said the competition. It was kind of a competition, even if you didn't want it to be, because so many people were fighting for such a niche amount of of people that there were times I was like, "Screw this, dude!" There's just too many. Like, there are so many people flooding this space right now that no one's podcast stands out. So, Um,
3: so basically, what Walter was doing is he was uh, circling my tacks. In the uh, <laughs> podcasting realm, yeah. The novel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, So, and he, he looked he looked me dead in the eye over the phone and said, "I'm going to do this." And I was like, "Okay, all right. Well, your title sucks, but you know, have fun." <laughs> <laughs> I think I told you. I think I told you it was too close to Dan Johnson's Nine Fingers Chronicles. Yep, is what I said. And yep. and you were like, oh, "I like it anyway." It's so like, okay, whatever. It's yeah. like, I like this dude. He asks questions and then tells me to F off. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, value you're, I value your opinion, but. yeah. Well, and you know what's funny is, I think because I was so plain, Adam, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, I was so plain with him with how I spoke about things that, may, I don't know, maybe it, it, it helped our relationship, Adam, you, and my, me specifically. Like, we speak plainly about, podcast ideas I talk to Adam probably not as often as I talk to you but I talk to him very frequently and it tends to revolve around like podcast concepts and and like structuring and how to be different and all those different things and I think it's it's nice not to have I'm not talking to you but I say this but it's nice not to have a yes man in the industry where it's like oh look at this idea like oh yeah let's do it when reality maybe that's just a shit idea you know like (laughs) you shouldn't actually be doing it
3: yeah like I mean I always want to know like what's the motivation like what I mean Where are you going with this thing? And, like, I I say it on my podcast all the time, and it's just one of those things. And I think John always is looking at me like, who the hell are we talking to again? Like, because (laughs) I don't care, like, who the guest is, um, like, on a national or, like, a known level. Like, so with our podcast, what I want to do, you know, everybody wants to inspire, educate, blah, 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 blah. Because I feel like those are just like the, that's the easiest way to, you know, what else are you doing it for? You're going to say like, I'm doing this for myself because I want to prop myself up. Like, even if the guys are saying that they want to inspire or whatever, maybe that's their motivations, but you can't say that. So, but for me, I usually want to bring on somebody that inspires me or that I want to inspire my listener. I want to inspire John. Um, I want to ins- I want people to be inspired. So with a lot of the people that I bring on, they've got like an awesome story. like not that like if somebody builds something for like the hunting industry, you know there's a million big conglomerate corporations that just put out product and, and sell pixie dust and bullshit, you know. So yep. I would rather bring on somebody that is like working out of their garage, out of their basement doing the the hardest you know thing that they can do or they like completely quit their job and do this and what we've found is that there's a lot of people that like you know the industry grinds them down and they don't get to hunt as much as they want to do and 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 things like that but like the guys that i want to talk to are guys that are regular guys that people can relate to because you know like i said any tom dick and harry with a iphone can have a podcast and so we're just the absolute most regular guys and myself being the world's worst bow hunter kind of sets me apart from everybody
2: else and they can say well fuck i'm better than this guy you know and i'm the world's worst podcaster (laughs) i just sit here and listen to adam talk the whole time usually so he's like are you gonna say anything tonight like well, I'll see what's funny, John's been
3: messing around, so we got these uh blow guns for Christmas and we've been trying to shoot things with blow guns, and John's been doing like these uh, freaking like phone interview things from the blind that he's got set up, and he's like, it's getting really serious like he's I mean, and so I put those out like on our patreon uh Facebook page and they're like, this guy's freaking hilarious. Why doesn't he talk on the podcast? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, you know, I can, you know, I don't I, I, I you know. Maybe he's a loner.
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I think he needs his own podcast. Is what he he needs? He needs his own little mini sods. He needs he a,
2: can... a fishing podcast. Yeah, that's well, true. I did yeah. I did uh I started a new Instagram, the the Angler Archer. But I told him if he wants a podcast, I mean we have already got all the stuff. Like we can just produce it. It's no big deal. But I haven't, I don't have any content on it yet. But I will be, I will be posting all the Florida fishing pictures and all that stuff on that. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't tell him not to do it, Walter. (laughs) 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 I told him him, go ahead. I'll help you. (laughs) Hey, hey, tell. Be sure
1: when you tell him you'll 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 produce it for him. Uh, (laughs) Be sure. Be sure you tell him like you have to forgive me for Idaho. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was I I said what I said. I kind of stand by it. I think it was a it was a bad timing. But, you know, your hustle uh, outweighed all the all the dudes that were flooding the market because, man, I went through my phone. I don't know if you've done this lately. Have you gone through your phone and seen how many podcasts are inactive now?
3: No. I know oh, that there's a lot. Oh, dude.
1: Oh, my God. So many of them fell, like, by the wayside after about a year. And I think that's what you and I ultimately concluded was, like, there's no point for either of us not to, to, to either me continue or you start because, you know, they're going to figure out how exhausting it is to, to keep it going and they're not going to – or they're not going to get the pro deals they think they're going to get and then suddenly, you know, it's no longer interesting to them. Right.
3: Dude, I think if you're in this for – I mean – yeah, we've got some a couple things here and there like free stuff, but like for the amount of freaking work and hassle and and you know everything that it goes into it, like if you're not doing it like really from like a like a loving like I I can talk hunting all the time and like I can just give like my opinion because I yep. don't I mean I'm not good at it, but. Like I can, I'm good at talking, so that's, that's good. I, mean, I can talk Adam, about it. That's you no and I are deal. so
1: similar, dude. <laughs> you, you and I are like doppelgangers of each other, and, and Chase and and John are are, are uh, clones as well. <laughs> but, but I mean, really, like the the whole the
3: the thing is, like honestly the relationships that we've built yeah and the the people that we've met and the opportunities or or whatever you know those 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 little things um, I think mean more than than a lot of a lot of stuff and it's really hard for people to like if, if you're really like self-centered or, or whatever you'd be like well it's it's not worth my time, you know, but like where this podcast stemmed from is like, you know, John and I are like, we're going to have these conversations anyway. And this is just kind of like an outlet to like, be like, well, I guess right. we got to, we have to talk for two hours about, uh, about hunting this week. We're just going to schedule it instead of like, you know, break it up <laughs> over the cost, you know, right. <laughs> over the course or whatever. Right. And, you know, one of the things like I was, I was talking about last night and like John was there, he can hundred percent like verify this, but you know the dudes from the Hunting Public are like the most awesome guys ever. Frank is a is a personality. Yeah, John's wearing a Hunting Public shirt right now, um, <laughs> but we've had Zach on the podcast a bunch of times and we've talked to him a bunch at the um, ATA show. Well, this year he comes rolling in and he just gets mobbed by everybody that's there at this bar that we were at, and. Frank's like, "I'm going to go up and buy him a beer." And he's just kind of like standing there while every Zach's talking to everybody, just kind of like hanging out in the background. And like somehow Frank catches Zach's eye and he's like, "Frankie!" and gives him a big old hug. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you don't really know if you like if, if you're on people's radars. Yeah. 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 But but you know, Frank is that, you know, and that's kind of like that's another part of this podcast that gets um, like lost in the mix is you know to have that like tangible recordings of all of the dumb shit that my father-in-law does or says or all of his <laughs> right. stories or just yeah. that that you know I have that, and I want to share that with anybody who will 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 take notice, you know what I mean
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you have to have, everybody has to have their personal driver. And if you want pro, to be a pro staffer, fine. You know, I'm not even going to knock you. If that's what you want to do, whatever. I do it for friends. Like, and, and that sounds kind of like sad, but it's the honest to God truth. And that is, there's a lot of people in this world, you, me, John, Chase, that all think very similarly, that have the same passions. But if you don't go to Michigan and bump into you, you know, if it wasn't for the podcast, I wouldn't have met you, and a lot of my life was spent, uh, before I started the podcast. You know, kind of by myself, maybe one or two acquaintances. But how, you know, it's it's hard to find somebody that goes hardcore. You know, it, it, it's hard to find somebody that hunts the same style you do. And the podcast is a bunch of connections, man. You know that that's how I look at it. I went from like not having anybody really to talk to about hunting year round to like sometimes I feel bad because I can't get to all the text messages that I get, you know, like I got to prioritize. Um, but I just I just like talking to people that are, that have a like mind, you know.
3: Well, you must not like it that much because, I mean, all of your people were at the ATA show this year. I mean, oh, here we John go. <laughs> and, John and Billy Carrington are sitting there having <laughs> beers together. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody has made this, you know, connection, but – Adrian Wilson uh, looks baby. just like Billy Currington. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And John is like, who are you talking to? Because John doesn't, you know, he, I'm on social media, and I'm networking with everybody. And he's like, what is Billy Currington doing in the tethered
2: booth? <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, we're sitting, Well, we, then we went out to, uh, we met up with those guys at dinner that night, the first night. <clears throat> and I'm like, Frank's sitting there. and. His buddy Ernie and I were at the table, and I pull up a picture of, you know, Billy Currington. I'm like, and those guys hadn't been painted. I don't think they were over at the booth at that point when they, when Adrian yeah. was there. And I'm like, I show them a picture of Billy Currington I'm like, who does this look like? And they're like, that guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> and they pointed at Adrian. And so he come rolling over. I'm like, uh, who, or was it Frank or someone said, or maybe it was you said something about, who you look like? He's like uh, Billy Currington. <laughs> he's like, dude. I go. I walk down Nashville, and I get people asking me for my autograph all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Boy. Well, he what he's cool not dude. what
1: he's not telling you though is that that's because he's the FBI's most wanted top ten list. That's actually <laughs> why he gets the. It has nothing to do with his with his, his similarity <laughs> uh, to to Billy Currington. So so I'm not going to give it away. But do you do you actually know his real name? I I used to. I used to. I know him as Big A. I don't. I, people call him Adrian, and I actually have to think about it for a second. But it's like it's like Carrie or something like that, right? Nope. No.
3: Nope. No. He, it's a girl's name
1: though, right? It's a Susan. That's what it is. It's Susan. Nope.
3: Nope. But he said I'll always be. He said I'll always be like Carolyn or something to to Walter. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he gives your wife a whole bunch of shit
1: too." But Dude, he does. He does, <laughs> man. He all the time. I, I keep trying to get him to come down here and hunt Florida with me, man. But uh, you know. He'd rather he's, hang out with he's, the honey public for some he's reason. He's big time. He's man. hobnobbing, man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's rubbing elbows. And,
3: but but that's what I'm saying is, like, you know, I give Walter, like, a a, a bunch of crap, and, like, it turns out we all do, Adrian, Parker, yeah. you know, everybody, because I told him, and I, I, I really feel like it – I hope that it, like, hits home, you know, this year after ATA is, like, it doesn't matter. Like, on some level, like, you can be – like you're an accountant, you're. I mean, you're yep. financially responsible. Like, get the fuck out of here! You cannot like quantify in dollars like life experiences. So, true. all of the people that you talk to, all the people that are on your phone, we're in one building, and it's one time <laughs> a year. You know, it's true. And so, I can tell you it's this. True. Like, so John is on the podcast. He's quiet. He's He's whatever you bring John up to the total archery challenge, and it's like the dude won't shut up. But <laughs> but it, but it's not it's not a bad thing because it's right. all people that are in your like bubble, right? So right. who can John talk about the differences between BCY and BCYX and twenty four strand versus twenty five strand or whatever bullshit with bowtech cam strings and all of this stuff and draw <laughs> cycles and you know. I mean, you you can only talk to, you know, there's only so many people that can have, like, an intelligent conversation about so much of the things that you're passionate about. And it's, like, when you get into a circle, you know, it, that's to me, is, like, mesmerizing. Like, I could watch that because it's, like, John would go up to the booth at ATA with these string builders. These using terms that I don't even understand. But it's, like... You know, they're Fletching, going back and forth, snog. talking their own. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, serving. What is that? <laughs> like, yeah. String wax. <laughs> string wax.
3: But, I mean, you know what I'm saying, John. Like, yeah, It's, no, I it's, it's really hard to put that, like, a dollar value on, like, you know, the experience that we have, you know. It's like you get to see p- some people, like, like John and Billy talked for, Hours and hours and hours, and you get to see him one time a year unless you make it a point to do it. But you can't ever meet Billy if you don't go, you know. You can have a, a Snapchat and a, a Marco Polo and shit, but you can't, like,
4: kick him dude, in the I nuts met, and buy him a Billy hot dog. I met Billy before you did, you know? dude. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, No, I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I, it sounds like I'm gonna have multiple life experiences next year. I'm gonna I'm gonna experience ATA. I'm gonna experience homelessness because I attended ATA. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, here, right. here's the deal.
3: I will pay for your ticket oh, to the Oh here ATA we go. Here we go. I'll pay for it. You just gotta drive up there. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. He's gonna fly out the guy that uh, told him not to have a podcast. Do you believe that? There you go. That's that's crazy <laughs> right there. Yeah, that's a I big told you so. finger. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> the funny said. thing is uh I'm not the only, I'm not the only person that that gave like I told Adam like you know don't do the podcast Adam is very critical of our podcast. Is Have he? I ever told you this no dude he's very critical of our podcast he's always complaining crying anytime a podcast is under an hour he's okay. all, he is up my butt about it. I have purposefully watched this clock, and it is now at an hour and 37 minutes. Yeah. okay. I feel like we're just getting going. I know. I know, but I hate to break it to you. I've got a hunt in the morning. So um, we're going to have to pick this back up. There's going to have to be a part two to this, my friend, because it's um, it's past 10 o'clock at this point, isn't it? It's got to be. I don't even know what time it is. Oh, 10.30. 10.35. i got to be is up it, in like four hours. I think hours. what happened
3: on the last one is your wife walked in and said, Walter, is it time? To, you know, is it bedtime yet?
1: yeah i think it's, it's, it's time for your lashings i think is what the exact word <laughs> she was talking but uh, well you do hunt from those sex swings yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna have a youtube video on how to use your saddle for uh, alternative but uh i would be remiss if i didn't give you an opportunity to tell everybody where they could find all the wonderful content that you and john uh produce well, we don't produce wonderful content. We produce a freaking shit show of a podcast <laughs> at uh, the Bow
3: Hunter Chronicles uh, podcast, Bow Hunter Chronicles YouTube, and uh, Instagram. We're probably most active there, you know. But, like, we don't do this for, you know, Go come follow us, do this stuff. But we do have a lot of fun and try and really
1: yeah,
3: give back to the listener as best as we can and, uh, you know, it's just not stories. We're we're trying to get information so we can yeah. help people. You know, it's not just tales. We help ourselves too. I mean. <laughs> oh, it's very uh-huh. self.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I tell you what. I, I think. I think when here's what we do. Here's what we do right here. When we are at ATA next year, I'm not saying that's the next time we have to record. But when we're at ATA, we're going to try and set the record for an entertaining podcast between the two of us and see how long we can crank that out. Now, that might include several coolers of beer, uh, Papa John's deliveries in the middle of the episode, but we are going to crank out the the most badass uh, duration podcast ever <laughs> produced. It's going to be a collaborative effort between uh, the northernmost state and the most su- southeastern state that to, to hold a podcast.
3: Well, it's going to be easy because... I'll just bring Frank. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, will, I will give you some primers of questions to ask, and, uh, and will give. Get,
1: get, <laughs> it's solid gold. Get yeah. uh,
2: Frank a six pack IPAs, and <laughs> yeah, done, <laughs> done. <laughs> done. There's a
1: Gainesville. There's a Gainesville brewery that makes a yeah, phenomenal. ITA. So come, come on, you got to hold it at six though,
2: because you get past that, and then it, it starts going downhill. Oh, Ask Dan Johnson about that. We'll we'll That's put a true that, story. We'll put that exclusive. The,
1: the, when it all goes downhill, we'll cut it there, and we'll make that Patreon exclusive. Patreon content. Patreon exclusive content. <laughs> so, so you're not getting off that easy, because I'm waiting
3: for you to to ask this question, because I don't really care. You can ask it to John, but. I know your listeners are waiting for (laughs) what would John tell younger John if he was going to do that. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I
1: would be, you're right. That's the, that's the best way we can end this. John, you go back to, no, hold on, Adam, am I doing fishing or bow hunting? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's your podcast. You're running this stuff. If I, mean, I do I, bow hunting and I, and I ask him what to do differently, he obviously wouldn't shoot the rubber the rubber football. So that's <laughs> too right. <pretty> easy. Um, <laughs> he was a kid then. He was a kid. That's true. I said okay. So we're gonna run with it and we're gonna stick with the uh, the archery theme of Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And that is John. If you could go back to your 18 year old self and impart one singular piece of wisdom that would apply to Adam. What uh what one piece of wisdom would you share with 18 year old Adam? Let's see. Oh.
2: <clears throat> Practice more. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Stalking or shooting from a longer distance? <laughs> Practice your bow. Practice shooting your uh you know, work on your own bow for once. No, <laughs> <laughs> Learn how to work on a bow. <laughs> Google string wax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, had, he did have one blow up not too long ago. I did. Did <laughs> you <laughs> did. really? Oh, wow. yeah. Right, well, before we went, right before we went. Wasn't that right before? Right
3: before we went to Ohio the first year, yeah. So, and, and I mean, what, do you know what year that was? Because this is, this is good information for your listener. I think it was 2013. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um uh, No. It was 2012. Twelve. 2012. So I got a brand new bow in 2003. <laughs> it was the first brand new bow that I'd ever, it's probably the first brand new anything that I'd ever bought. And, um, I don't think that's the word bought. First thing I've ever bought. Um, and uh,
1: it, it, was, it was just procured. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so I shot this bow and I'd killed a few deer. And I killed my first deer with that bow, as a matter of fact. And then I killed subsequent deer, et cetera, et cetera. We're getting ready to go to um, Ohio. I um, had really been wanting a new bow. Um, I really liked the new bear archery bows that had come out. and But it was the first year that I feel like they really stepped their game up. And, oh, yeah. I remember that. And, and so... I didn't want the first year's model. I wanted to get that. So I was like going to use this bow for one more year. And so I'm shooting, I'm shooting, I'm practicing. And uh, this is where the string wax comes in because I drew this bow back. And the the strings were pretty white and they were pretty sketchy looking. But I drew this bow back and I, you know, got my anchor. And I heard it just go tink. Mm. And I thought that was odd. And I just pulled it straight away from my face, like held it out in front of me, and (laughs) exploded. Holy crap. Um, Yep. One of the cables broke, and that was that. And uh, so now I'm in a conundrum because, I I mean, this was literally like a month or less uh, before we went to Ohio. And I was like, oh, my God. And so that was the year that Frank had uh, retired, and they bought him a Matthews Helium. And so I looked at the specs on that bow, and, like, literally – Bear had this like encounter like ready to hunt package from Cabela's mm-hmm. that was like two hundred and seventy-nine bucks. And the specs were almost identical. And uh so rather than spend a thousand bucks for a bow that wasn't set up or anything like that, I just grabbed that bow and so I got it for two hundred and seventy-five dollars, like all set up. And um Yeah, so that bow blew up. And I I killed a bunch of deer. I killed my biggest deer ever with that. bow and uh, my brother's shooting that bow still to this day and uh, he killed his first two deer with that bow so um, and that kind of goes along with our podcast as we've done some budget bow um, podcasts and 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 things like that and I've considered doing it this year uh, again but um, as far as string wax goes yeah I had one blow up like
1: mm, right in my face damn so we're going to end this podcast with a safety warning. Uh, gentlemen, go to your closet, pull out the bow that's been sitting there since archery season, and go ahead and wax the strings because you don't want to be <laughs> at them. Hey.
3: Since 2003. yeah, World's worth <laughs> bowhunter. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, man.
0: In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking.